0: You thinking you was a real dread, man? You scared, cause cause you be good. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're coming to my house. Don't you ever
1: bring scared business to me. You're looking at the toughest rascal
0: Jamaican in the United States of America. I run shit. I kill for nothing. And I make lots of money. I deal with the business. Don't bring that shit to me. Again. You hear me? People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess fucking what?
2: I back it up! I back it up! That means it's time to roll, baby. you got nothing going on between
0: your ears, bro. John, do you think I'm just gonna sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy is such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know right? who you are, who-
1: I don't
2: have much
3: left to say other
1: than you have seen nothing yet. Hope you guys you come ready. Hi I'm Michael Morgan and welcome to this week's episode of the WOCast episode 164. Joining me as always, my sister from another Mr. <laughs> my sister from another Mr. It's G from World TV.
4: What up Mike? Are you just excited today? What's going on? I you be- know
1: something. I'm I'm fully hyped, and I'll tell you why. You and I have been r- witnessing what is a roller coaster of emotions, and I'm still up on the high when I thought that Leon Edwards versus our man Tyrone Woodley was gonna be taking place. But we'll get to that. We've got a pretty stacked show, a lot of audience participation, a lot of people chiming in with their views on UFC London. But even before we get to that, I think it's only right that we kind of unpack what happened at the weekend. UFC Brasilia took place before a very, very quiet crowd. Basically, cutsmen and commentators and UFC personnel. Now, that was because of the escalating and ever-escalating circumstances around the coronavirus. So, um, as well as that, as well as talking about UFC action, we're going to hear from our men from the front lines, Kairos and Chisanga Malata. They actually are going to bring the fire this week. And as I mentioned earlier, we'll be hearing a lot from our listeners. So let's just crack on really, really quickly with UFC Brasilia. Now, your takeaways from the prelims. Talk me through that.
4: Well there was a quietest kept barn burner that I wanted to discuss and mm. it is from the two young ladies named Mara Bueno Silva versus um, Marna Moroz. And um Silva's from Brazil, I believe Moroz is from Croatia and all they did was literally beat the shit out of each other for all three rounds and it was a slugfest. One fighter Silva was the brawler, but a wonderful kickboxing brawler and she brought it and my favorite part about her, Mike, was that whenever she got hit by a bunch of flurries from morose it seemed to wake her up, and she woke up and would just start beating the hell out of her and have these bursts of activity, and morose just kept out striking her by pouring on striking, just turning up the output of her strikes, and it was a barn burner. Mike, I suggest you watch this, and um, Myra Bueno Silva, welcome to the U.S. UFC. I believe this was her debut, and Marna morose I look forward to more fights from her because she was pretty technical, chin down, um, beautiful combinations, and her cardio was on point. So I look forward to seeing more matches from her as well. But I'd check that one out, Mike. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, What about you? Anything that caught your eye?
1: Yeah, Amanda Ribas. I mean, Mm. talk about a one-sided, solid beatdown. I've got to admit, um, when her name popped up on the radar, I think it was in the run-up to this. Uh, Admittedly, I'd not really seen much of her before. I was like, eh, okay, I'll check it out. And after seeing decision after decision, I wasn't really expecting anything that was going to float my boat. I think, I don't know if you uh, agree with this, I think the whole well lack of a crowd considering that they actually played out or this card played out behind closed doors mm-hmm. no crowd or even media were admitted um i think they might have something to do with you know geeing up and actually getting fighters infused about you know possibly pursuing a finish but that didn't stop amanda rebas that i have to say was a one-sided technical finish i love the fact that she mixed it up with not only uh jiu-jitsu on the ground but her striking prowess is absolutely amazing
4: yeah i think she just outclassed and now dominated ronda for all three rounds and clearly mm. and concisely won that bout and i love her post-fight speech i love her energy i love her enthusiasm she's just really cute and i think she threw shots at paige van Zett, and i think she really is gonna st- wreck her Yeah. <laughs> I think she really wants that fight, as so do i and i think I think the same. I think Amanda Rebus outstrikes her and wears her down and beats her up, and she mm. seems to take fighting very, very serious, like she comes out. She's focused, she's into it, she's just like has this look on her face, she comes out, she gets business done, and then like at the end of the fight, the girly, friendly, fun-loving Amanda comes out, and I think fans are in for a treat with her. They're already warming to her after the fight, so many men like fell in love with her Mike, it was so funny. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know what I have to say. I was one of those because <laughs> in the fight, her intensity, just the seriousness on her face and yeah. that the game face, was frightening. And then she switched it up as soon as the fight yeah, finished. Like I said, you, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. the girl that you're mixing with up with, with she's in adorable. the club.
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it would be an injustice not to mention one more prelim fight because this fight mm. mattered, Mike. And when I say that it matters, this could have been a contender fight for the title next, maybe type of fight between Juicier Formiga and Brandon Moreno. Um, If you like a technical fight, if you like to see very high level jujitsu and defensive grappling, this is the fight that you want to watch. When Juicier Formiga, whenever he went to the ground with Brandon, I held my breath. I mean, you could just see that this man is world-class jujitsu and he is hella dangerous. Literally, every time they went to the ground, I got scared. And then sometimes Brandon Moreno had his burst out of those those scary scrambles and exchanges but his long reach and his boxing prowess really got him this fight cuz he outstruck Juicier even though he remained you know in his face and without a doubt a threat on the ground but Brandon pulled it off and i think that Brandon should fight for the title next Because Juicier is the only man to beat Figueredo and Brandon just took him out and Brandon is doing quite well right now. He's got the momentum and I think he should fight Figueredo next if the Joey B and Figueredo things falls through or whatever. But he's definitely in title contention. That fight mattered.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. Main card. Which one's actually jumped out of you at the or jumped out at you on the main card?
4: Well, let's just start with a little controversy for me. Um, I think Nikita Krylov kind of exposed Johnny Walker for someone that still needs to develop. I'm not going to say he's overrated. I'm not going to be an asshole this this week, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm. There's plenty of stuff going on. I've decided to be nice this week. So what I am going to say is that (laughs) (laughs) I'll take a break from being a— Right.
1: Hashtag be kind.
4: Right. Hashtag be kind. Gina, don't be a dick. Um, Mm. Nikita Krylov um, had a very effective game plan, and he kind of did what all of us were wondering. Does this guy have a ground game? What happens when Johnny Walker cannot... You know, impose himself on you with his unpredictable striking when he just can't land this crazy shot out of nowhere or just do this crazy flying knee. What happens when you get in his face and you throw some punches at him and immediately take him down and you keep him there? And that's what we saw. And even, you know, what's so funny. Shout out to Johnny Walker for doing his best. He really did try to explode and get back on the feet, but he did spend the majority of the time on his back when he was taken down. And when he was in an advantageous position or in a favorable position like full mount, he was swept immediately. Like He didn't know what to do with it. So to me, that showed that not only did he not have the takedown defense, but he also didn't have the grappling prowess to kind of know what to do when he was in an advantageous position or even how to get back on his feet. And, Mike, Mm -hmm. we do need to talk about that. Even though there was no... Um, fans in attendance, the fighters were utilizing their corners even more than before. I saw Johnny Walker and a few other fighters actually having conversation with their coaches during the fights because they could actually hear their corners and take instructions. And if you watch the fight again, Johnny Walker is taking instructions from his coaches so much so when he's on the ground that you can tell he's a fish out of water and they're walking him through things. And you can Mm. hear them. And it was kind of very telling that I don't want to say he's overrated, but he definitely needs to be developed and his ground game needs work.
1: Well- Having previously uh, ridden the hype train, that was mm-hmm. Johnny Walker, and uh, I'm so. still on it. Yeah. I'm still on it because I like him. He's a personable individual, and you know I love the fact that you know he's got good energy. Having you know spoken and uh, met him in the past, Me too. I just like the fact that you know quietly, even though he doesn't actually display this when he takes to the cage, but quietly he's very very humble, but very self assured. Yes. What I would say about him being on his back you could tell he was definitely a fish out of water like you just said he was being walked through exactly how to try and escape obviously to no avail but also I don't know if you noticed but Maybe it was the quietness and the stillness of the actual arena, but you could hear he was severely gassed in the oh, second he round. To the extent was so he hard. was He was wheezing <laughs> yes. heavily. I mean, even to the extent where, you know, when the round ended, you know, he was sat like gasping on the floor. Yeah. Now, I think that is his kryptonite. His cardio is isn't actually built for that. He's built for quick bursts in the first or second round yes. to get people out there. And if you look at his previous fights, that has where his success has actually come very early on in the fight. The weaker and the, the, sorry, the further that the fight gets, the weaker he becomes, and the less gas he has in the tank. Yes. It was so evident, having you know being um, put in various difficult positions on his back that yeah. you know his gas tank was definitely empty by the end of the second.
4: Yeah, and um, I do agree with you that he needs to work Mm. on his um, gas tank, but I also think that he needs more than one tool, and that is just Mm. being unpredictable. and and scary in the first round. He needs more. This is mixed martial arts. You got to work on your ground game. And if you fight an opponent that cuts you off and doesn't let you have those bursts, what are your mid-fight adjustments? What are your mid-fight plans when your one weapon, your one tool does not work? And that's what I mean. Johnny Walker needs to develop. Now that people have figured out how to shut down his explosiveness, what's his go-to now? So I think back to the gym and work on being a better developed fighter with a ground game and also more tools in the shed, more weapons for your opponents. Because if he keeps it up, he's going to be figured out even faster than we've seen other fighters been figured out. Nikita Krylov just, you know, created the blueprint on how to beat him for right now.
1: I think as well, you have to look at Nikita Krylov and look at his strengths. Not only um, can he take you down Mm -hmm. at will. I mean, that's, definitely what was you know mm-hmm. the game plan here but also his striking prowess absolutely phenomenal and you could tell that you know either either the game plan uh, hadn't been thought through to the extent that you know they were looking beyond the first or second rounds because it was almost as though you know, there, there wasn't any answer for even the shots that were being selected yes. when um, Nikita Krylov was actually chasing him down. And, yeah, you know, he caught him flush a couple of times to a st- certain extent where you could see he was wobbled. Oh, yeah. And it made me think just stick to the basics. How about covering up? How about having your hands up for a start? I know you're probably exactly. trying to work up the counter, but, you know, let's not forget the basics there. And I was listening very intently on the advice that his corner was giving him. And none of it seemed to be sticking to the basics. None of it seemed to be, you know, mate, you're getting tagged out there. Right. To me, you know, at least... Stop moving straight back. Defense. Yeah. Yeah.
4: No, I agree. And in fact, I saw Nikita Krylov land a right hand similar to Corey Anderson, and I had the same thought that you have. I was like, this... You know, Johnny Walker has some obvious defensive holes. I mean, that yeah. that punch looked just like the same right hand that landed from Corey. Then Nikita Krylov was just coming straight forward, landing a few combinations, but landing mm-hmm. them flush and then taking him down. Like you are absolutely correct. There were definitely some defensive holes and even Johnny, when he gets struck, he likes to stare at his opponent like holy shit and then his hands drop and he just moves backwards. And it, it, you should in his facial expressions, he looks so stunned. But he needs to get work on like maybe not moving straight back when he's getting hit some type of angling off some type of footwork or even defense getting back to the basics with your left hand or your right hand up to block some of those shots Johnny just looks dumbfounded and moves backwards and I noticed that and while he's moving backwards and looking dumbfounded Nikita's already at his waist trying to drag him down and it's very interesting but to me it screams he needs fighter development you know, I think Tristar is a good gym for him. I'm not going to say they're overrated like all the critics online and all the, you know, things I've been seeing about Firas. No, I don't think Firas is overrated. I just think the fighter that he has under his tutelage needs a lot more work than we thought.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I still think that there is a rawness. There is, a, yes. there is an eagerness to that rawness, which is great. But I think that eagerness might, you know, be giving people the... False impression that, you know, he is more advanced than he is. And, you, you know, go. maybe we need to be pairing back to the basics, which I, I really do feel we're missing from Saturday's performance.
4: Agreed. And that's why I think a matchup and a fight like this was very important. It's why it's the first, you know, it's one of the first bouts that I brought up on the main card instead of going straight to the co or co main event or the main event because that was a very telling fight. And it took a lot of people off the Johnny Walker bandwagon. I'm not really off of it. But I keep repeating myself, he just needs a little bit more work. But he'll be back soon, yeah. and he's at the right camp.
1: Well, any more for any more before we get to the main event from you? Um, I mean, we're looking at a couple of finishes uh, coming up before well, the main event. But
4: Well, thank God for Renato Macano, because this card was <laughs> very, like, uh, decision happy. And I was getting a little sleepy with the decisions, although some of them were hard-earned. But I was happy for Re- Renato Macano's fast fi- finish of uh, Demir had. Had I'm saying it wrong, I'm sure, but it was a beautiful... um su- you nailed it. Hads-a-vic. there you mm. go. He submitted him quite quickly and aggressively and took his back, and I believe, uh, um, was it a rear naked choke of some sort? And it was a beautiful transition, too. And what was so funny was when they got up and they were mad that the fight ended so early, but I'm like, why? Like, that was the point, Renato. And, and Demir, you just got the... You know, the short end of it, I guess. But good fight, and I'm glad for the finish. And, of course, Mike, did you see Damian Maya and Gilbert Burns?
1: Yeah, the KO, I was grateful, I have to admit, for those two um, finishes because it was an absolute snore fest up until yeah. no, we saw a few finishes.
4: Yeah. I mean, I mean like I said, there were some good fights on the prelims. I did enjoy the, the prelim with Silva and Miraz. That was a barn burner. So even though that went to decision, they went to hell. I did like Johnny Walker and Nikita Krylov. It wasn't exciting, but I did like it because it was telling. But I did enjoy when Renato showed up and just strangled this man and gave me something. you know, it it quenched my blood thirst. You know what I mean? Like I was like, fine, yeah. finally. And then there was a little bit of controversy when they got up. They were so thirsty to fight. They still wanted to fight each other, which was hilarious and weird. Mm. But it was another Another reason why I like the fanless um, arena, because you get the tea. You get to hear the fighters shit talk. You can hear the corners like, he ain't got nothing. He ain't got nothing. Do it again. Mm, mm, I mm. loved every second of it. But I will say, it was sad to see Gilbert Burns demolish Damian Maya, the future Hall of Famer. But I did say it, and I'm going to toot my own horn. I did mm. tweet that was Damian Maya ready for those looping hard punches that Gilbert is known to throw. Like Okay. I don't think he was ready for it, and my prediction came through. Gilbert Burns smoked him with what exactly I was worried about because I didn't think Damien had the chin for how hard Gilbert hits, and I think Gilbert's um, jujitsu is world class so I knew that he could defend against Damien Maya and I knew Damien Maya was in trouble when Gilbert mm. burns um, escaped out the back door when Damien finally did get him down and Gilbert burns was calm cool and collective used his jiu-jitsu to to get out of there knew exactly what Damien was trying to do and escaped out the back door and got back up and started to throw his hands I was like Damien is in trouble and then Gilbert drops him with that slick and quick left hook it was beautiful what'd you think of defense
1: <laughs> well, put it this way: it's made me kind of question now. You know what's next for you know Damon Meyer. I have to admit, it was it was a sad sight to see because for me, you know, you know, having watched him, it, he's it always in my eyes, he will be the jiu ace. And, you know, him not being able to you know, show his jiu prowess, even, you know, as hard yeah. as he tried, um, was a little, like you say, a little bit sad. But um enough of your crowing. It's time for you to eat some crow. I, I'm sure, you know, it's about time we got to the main event. Now, for <laughs> me, I'm going to be eating crow with you, because I have to yeah. say, Ooh. I... I I, I shouldn't have been surprised Because look at the winning streak this man has been on yeah. I mean, when you look at um, Olivier And you look at his prowess and Especially recent recent um, times You know, you ha- you, well, I should have given him his, his, his due props Because, you know, he has been on somewhat of a tear And um, for me, I think, you know, I blame you uh, I'm going to blame oh. you now, G because <laughs>
4: That caught me off guard
1: because kevin lee up until you spoke about him and spoke to him and made me see a different side to him i wasn't really a kevin lee fan and i was kind of always wishing and hoping against him and because you've kind of like renewed or not necessarily renewed but you've given me a new perspective on him it's really made me a fan and that's why i was Backing him and backing him to the hilt because I wanted to see him win. I, I loved the fact that when you and him chewed the fat, it gave me perspective that I would never have gleaned elsewhere.
4: Oh yeah, and it 's so funny you 're not the only person saying this, like I think Rhino on his podcast he dropped my name on his latest episode, yeah, he like mentioned that. yeah, he was Rhino said, you know, after G had that interview with him, I started to root for him, thanks g and i 'm like, damn y'all i can 't help that Kevin got real on that interview, but i 'm not <laughs> trying to sh- I'm, i don't i don 't feel the need to drag him too far. You win some, you lose some, and I will eat crow because what I did was neglected that Charles Olivero is a pressure fighter and I neglected that while I it, while watching his um footwork and watching his excuse me not footwork what am I saying watching fight footage I totally mm. neglected to notice that He's a pressure fighter, and he stays in his um, opponent's face. And he he himself can be a bully. And I figured that's what Kevin Lee would do. But instead, I saw Charles Oliveira outstrike Kevin Lee in the pocket, have him backpedaling. I mean, even in the first round, he came out with, like, a flying knee kick that was gorgeous and connected. It didn't knock Kevin down, but he was outstriking him. And suddenly in the second round, Kevin Lee felt the need to take him down because Charles just started to turn it up. But I will say this. Yes. I will say this: that I saw something change in Kevin Lee in round two. I think it was maybe an uppercut and two right hands, mm-hmm. or maybe a front kick that had him just—he seemed stumbled and on shaky legs. He just did not seem right. And then the next thing you know, he goes for a takedown, and he's putting <clears throat> a guillotine. And he's putting a guillotine. And then, and then after he's putting a guillotine, he taps. And then he keeps fighting. And that led me to believe that he was—he was, you know. He, he was skating on thin ice prior to the guillotine. I think he was hurt prior, too, because him reaching for Charles Oliveira after that abrupt and blatant tap leads me to believe he was concussed or something. I don't think that was deliberate. And I think Charles Oliveira was fucking him up in the second round, and that's yeah. why he was able to sink in that guillotine and cause mm. all that confusion. What are your thoughts, Mike? What'd you think?
1: Well, that's just it. I don't think it was confusion. It was confusion from the point of view that he in coming around, he thought he was still in the fight. And it's funny, yes. just reading Bisping's book, um, uh, Quitters Never Win, mm-hmm. um I've got to admit, he talks about losing time when he was either concussed, knocked out, and I reckon that's what happened there. Yeah, me too. He'd actually actually displaced time.
4: I think so too, and prior to this takedown and guillotine, he Mm. was on shaky legs, like he looked hurt. And he looked to be fighting underwater. There just, something happened to him in the second round where he was hurt, but maybe his poker face was strong. But I could see it. He just seemed different. So I wasn't too shocked that he got caught in a guillotine. He wasn't 100%. And then Mm. I feel like... It was proof of that or evidence of that when he kept fighting after the submission when he blatantly tapped. I was like, he was all fucked up, even before there the guillotine. Like, So to wake up in the morning, Mike, and to see people saying, I don't like him even more now because that shit was deliberate. If you think Kevin Lee tapped to get out of the hold and to fake it and to keep fighting, you've lost your mind. Like Enough mm-hmm. with the conspiracy theories. The guy was obviously hurt. This is a sport that involves brain trauma, being strangled. You lose time, and that's what happened. He didn't realize he tapped, and when he woke up that's why he acted like that so it wasn't deliberate like stop Mm. yeah i don't know i'm not ready to cancel him yet i think he should remain at tristar and i think he needs to develop possibly go back to 170 let's not forget he missed weight at lightweight
5: yeah true
4: i mean maybe a run back to 170 is what he needs but i don't know i think i suspect that kevin lee has cardio issues You know, I think he has them at 155, and I think they might even be worse at 170. I rewatched his fight with RDA, and, you know, his mouth was wide open, Mike, and he was struggling a bit, you know what I mean? So uh, it's a tough situation for him. According to the media, he wants to take a couple of years off. I just think he's in his feelings, but, you know, we'll see what happens, Mike. You think he's going to take a couple of years off, like he says, or what?
1: Well, Put it this way, in this current climate, I can really see that happening because oh God, no. you and I know that there is genuine uncertainty as to you know whether bouts are going to be taking place, first of all, in front of an audience, or whether bouts are going to be taking place um, full stop. I mean, with all these rulings um, coming into place and just the genuine or and, and the general health of the nation it's very, very uncertain times, which kind of like neatly segues into our big talking point at the moment. Now, up until a few days ago, there was a lot of speculation as to whether UFC London was going to actually take place, Mm -hmm. headed by Tyron Woodley and Leon Edwards. A lot of speculation was because of the fact that the government was actually flip-flopping originally they were making a decision on um, outside gatherings and um, large-scale events. But what seemed to have actually overtaken that was basically large sporting events like football, like Mm -hmm. basketball, like baseball, um, like the cricket, um, all came out and basically said, you know, we aren't actually going to be... uh, We're going to actually put our sporting events on hold and I thought that was admirable. This is the mark of professional sportsmen and women who are actually taken care of by professional organizations. What I would say is when Scott Coker actually stood up and said our event is not taking place on the day of the event that for me was a turning point. Now don't get me wrong there were other events which actually in the run-up to this actually being um, almost a snowball effect within MMA and MMA promotions. There was, now let me start from the beginning. There was KSW, and KSW for me are the market leader when it comes to European mixed martial arts. Their shows are bombastic, their production values are amazing, mm-hmm. and they put on some really intriguing matchups and exciting fights. So when they came out and said, we are no longer holding our event on the same day as the UFC, admittedly. Um, That, I have to say, made me take a sharp intake of breath because of the very scale of the organization who'd actually, you know, curtailed or actually cancelled their event. Now, what quickly followed suit was Ares actually saying they weren't actually holding their event as well. And it made me think there is a definite snowball effect going on here. Combate America again followed suit. And then it seemed like a steady cascade of smaller organisations. But, like I say, the real turning point in all of this was Scott Coker. Not only did he make sure that every single person on the roster who'd actually turned up, weighed in and was ready to fight on Friday, got paid and was looked after... He made sure that the cutsmen, he made sure that the coaches, he made sure that every single person basically got their wage. And I think that was a real turning point for me in terms of this whole cancellation of uh, sports, in particular mixed martial arts. Because when you think about it, we have been for the longest while screaming for legitimacy asking for people to take us seriously. To us, this is a legitimate sport, so why shouldn't other people look at it the same? For me, that's the mark of a legitimate organisation who basically puts people before profits and acts in the same way as the major leagues, as the football, as the tennis, as the cricket. Even the London Marathon has been cancelled. And that has an implication, that has further ramifications for charities, because you know, in excess of $60 is actually raised from the London Marathon. Now, in all of this, you know, what actually stuck out like a sore thumb was Dana White's insistence that the show must go on. Now, initially, I have to say, I don't know about you, but I thought that was admirable. But when you look at it in isolation, it wasn't from the point of view that, you know, he wanted to employ and keep employed, The fighters. It was more, it's what seemed to be transpiring. I could be wrong, but it seemed more about profit than people. I mean, you give me your perspective.
4: You took the words out of my mouth. Um, Initially, I thought he was doing the right thing by being guided by, you know, like we discussed last week, we thought that he would follow the guidelines of the state or the, you know, the country that the UFC was having a fight in. Mm. And then, you know, I noticed that, of course, other... Organizations like One Championship do the um, crowds. They remove the crowd and, of course, only let, um, you know, eminent personnel in in the arena. So I was fine with how they did things for UFC Brasilia. But as things got worse, the numbers are going up every day. So things are always subject to change. So with the coronavirus getting worse and worse and government officials making changes as far as assemblies and people gatherings and schools closing, Closing. I thought that Dana White would also follow suit because why? This is a pandemic. This is a global issue. This affects public safety. This affects his staff, which is to include the fighters, the cutmen, you know, everybody that's involved. So I would think that he would take the higher road and keep their safety, you know, as a priority. But it just seems like the priority is profit because no matter what he wants to have these shows go on, if he could just find a way and even the Nevada Athletic Commission said no more MMA until March 25th mm. and that's when we decide what to do and until they said that he was going to have all the fights at the Apex Center at the at the Performance Institute so and then even after Nevada Athletic Commission said that you know, no more MMA until we vote on it on March 25th, Dana White is still boasting in the media that these fights are going on. He's been a promoter for 20 years and nothing will stop him from finding a way to put these fights on. And it just baffles me because this is a public safety issue. You have to consider the fighters' health. If they contract this virus and have all types of ailments or, or get sick or God forbid they die, I think that's more important than them missing out on, on a fight. And secondly, why isn't the UFC paying the fighters if they can't get why aren't they getting show money, excuse me, if, if they don't fight? This is a these are exigent circumstances. Bellator paid their fighters for the cancellation of Bellator two forty one. Why can't Dana do that for these fighters? I don't understand what's going on. And it just sounds like it's just it's just profit, money, and capitalism all wrapped up into one. That's all his motivation is. And it's not the fans. Have you seen the dumbass fans praising him for this? As if it's because he wants to keep us happy? No, it's about profit.
1: Well, it's funny you should mention the fans. I'm just going to have a look at a poll which I put up. Um, mm-hmm. must have been about eight hours ago. Now, in this poll, I asked, do you feel as though in all of this... Dana White is the shining beacon of hope and um, looking out for us as fans and putting on what we really want to see, and that is fights. Or is he, uh, let me get the exact terminology that I actually put into play here so that um, I can also tell you what the poll has thrown up. I said, is Dana White tone deaf to the current coronavirus issue in trying to move the UFC London card or is he a hero without a cape for global fight fans? Now, bearing in mind this uh, poll still has um, a few hours to go. 1,500 people have actually um, answered this poll and at the moment, the two Actually, the three options are Dana White is tone deaf, Dana White is a hero, <laughs> and the third option is other, and that's, you know, other people have actually left their comments. Mm-hmm. So far, Dana White is a hero for putting on these fights and making these moves to make these fights happen is the frontrunner with 49% of the vote. Would you believe it?
4: I, I believe it, that that poll is so ridiculous because i see it on my own timeline i see people like wow. shout shout out to dana white for keeping us fans happy and it's like that's not his motivation asshole like his motivation is monetary it's profit he's not doing this for us he's not because of the love of mma he's filling his pockets and not only that, he's not keeping the fights on so that the fighters get paid. This is for the UFC to gain money from these fighters, you know what I mean? Because why is he putting together like a makeshift fight in six days and utilizing whatever fighters are available? I mean, they, Ariel Hellowani has a post on his page as to what the UFC has posted as far as is anybody available with you know, an American visa to come fight on short notice. I mean, mm-hmm. just pay the people that might get scrapped from the UFC London fight. It just doesn't make sense to me. And it's, I don't see how fans don't understand that he's doing this for his own gain and doesn't really care if the fighters don't get paid, if the fights get canceled. He, he just... He doesn't care about the fighters or the fans. This is about his pockets. I I don't see how people s- not see that, Mike. I, it's one thing to enjoy this, to be like, shout out to Dana White because I like watching MMA, but to act like you don't know mm-hmm. what's going on is stupid to me. Because I will admit, Mike, when they announced that UFC Brazilia was not going to be canceled and only going to be in front of a you know like a fanless crowd or no audience, I was fine with it because why? I was happy. Me Very. too. I was like, way mm-hmm. to go, UFC, to find a safe alternative. If removing the crowd is safe for them. Him, and that's what yes. everybody else is doing i'm on mm. board you know what
1: i think it's only right that we kind of like set the temperature or get the temperature from the uk perspective in terms of media with Jasanga malata
3: well guys as we all know this fight should be me previewing one of the most eagerly anticipated fights in the recent history of uk mixed martial arts but unfortunately as we all know I'm not going to be talking about Leon Edwards locking horns with former welterweight champion Tyron Woodley and potentially him getting a title shot. No, I'll be talking about the absolute shambles that has been the handling of UFC London, which, of course, is now going to be taking place on foreign soil. But Lord knows where that is going to be actually happening. Now, as we all know, unless you've been hiding under a rock or not been on Twitter in the last few days, UFC London was in major jeopardy a few days ago when the UK government announced its plans to cancel all major sporting events and big gatherings. While many, and myself included, were gutted about the prospect of fans not seeing the fight in person and it being held behind closed doors, I admit it was the right decision to make from the UFC in terms of the safety and keeping the the coronavirus somewhat contained. My whole gripe with this entire situation comes with the promotion's handling of the matter after it announced that the United States was set to implement a travel ban on the UK. That ban from Donald Trump, who has handled the whole coronavirus situation markedly better than Bobo the Clown, uh, oh sorry, I mean Boris Johnson, prompted the UFC to try and move the entire card abroad on six days notice. Yeah, six bloody days notice. What on earth is that thinking? And on what planet do the promotion think that a card that can be moved and can be saved by uprooting fighters who are mainly from Europe and are expected to complete, compete in the UK to the USA. On what? I can't even. I'm losing my mind here. On what, <laughs> sorry, there, guys. I'm just so. I'm actually so pissed off that this, uh, this thought process went through their head and that they collectively came together and thought that this, this is a good and logical idea. That thinking shows a complete disregard for the fighters' health in terms of weight cutting, a complete lack of respect in terms of treating your athletes uh, with respect and just shows that they're treating them as dispensable commodities. And it's yet another oversight as to how big this entire coronavirus situation is. And for me, what really, really topped it off was the silence from UFC officials, the silence on the European social media channels and Dana White although White eventually broke his silence early on Sunday morning. That silence for me was truly and utterly deafening and shows how tone deaf the UFC have been in their response to this outrageous, well, not outrageous, this, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm so riled up, I can't even think properly. This unprecedented situation. And to, to make matters worse, I spoke to several fighters today around maybe 10 a.m 11 a.m who told me that the promotion hadn't even gotten contact with them to inform them of the plans to move the card abroad and that they learned about the card potentially going to america although that's not yet been confirmed my via their mentions on social media yes i fucking said and i just swore that yes there's mentions on social media for lack of a better word and i'm not one to normally swear even though i did use uh (laughs) <laughs> Use a swear word just there, it highlights the absolute shithousery the promotion can impose on their athletes in such short notice. And again, to make matters worse, I've heard through the grapevine and through some of the, some managers who I've spoken to as well, that fighters only reached out to the UFC, sorry, only reached out to fighters to compete on the card who had valid working visas in the USA. Now I'm going to try to lighten the mood here. Uh, and say, to quote Peter Griffin from Family Guy, the whole situation has well and truly ground my gears. Now, we all would have loved for the fights to have gone ahead, and selfishly, we all would have, but obviously, there's a bigger picture, and that bigger picture is the he- health and safety of the global population. But for me, the decision of UFC chiefs to collectively come together, or however they do it, via email, via telephone, or via um, FaceTime, I, I don't know, To collectively come together and decide to move the card, the European card, the first European card of the year, across the Atlantic is truly, truly baffling. And that decision, shocking as it is, has well and truly backfired on them because Leon, who really is one of the two men, or two athletes, I should say, that they wanted to fight this weekend, isn't coming over to the States to fight as they haven't played ball with him and helping getting his team over or compensating him for the inconvenience. I mean... (laughs) You expect you you expect fighters to deal with the shithousery and, and not have any back give any backlash? Right, I need to calm down because I'm going on like my brother Kairos, shout out to Kairos, but he can vent and he can rant for God knows how long and I don't have the lung capacity to do that. So let me just calm down and bring the end to my segment. I'm very, very in fact I'm seldom angry at the UFC's decision-making, although I admit I get irked by many choices they do make. But this one, this choice, has well and truly been a showcase of some absolute rasclattery. And yes, I'm adding in some Jamaican patois to show out how pissed off I am by this. Right, guys, that's all from me, uh, gutted and depressed Chisanga Malata who won't be seeing any fights <laughs> this weekend, next weekend, sorry, or this weekend, sorry. Take care and enjoy the rest of the show
1: i have to admit i've never heard chisanga so mad it's one of these um recurring themes of journalists over here and that is you don't want to rock the boat too much because you know your credentials might get yanked or right. you know you might upset someone in the pr office or you might upset someone in the ufc full stop you can tell that chisanga was seething no one was spared there were no prisoners in that audio that we listened to, and I think rightly so, this isn't the time to be mealy-mouthed about what is essentially a safety issue, but also one which we as media could provide clarity on. Also, I feel as though the actual fighters themselves—I mean, Chisanga made this very, very clear. This actually boiled down to—and I love the phraseology <laughs> bomba clattery. I mean there is there is no way that this cannot be called Clattery, because there's no other way to actually describe it essentially what has actually gone on here is the fighters were kept in the dark until you know it started to emerge on social media exactly how this was actually playing out I just think that again just flies in the face of this notion that this is all set up to ensure that the fighters can fight and to ensure that the fighters are in the in in the forefront mm-hmm. of the promotion's mind. They clearly aren't if they are the last people to know exactly what's actually happening. But as well as that, they or their safety surely should be of paramount importance. I've not heard anybody talk about the testing of uh, athletes. I've not heard anybody actually unpack exactly how that will actually work. And considering that we Mm -hmm. are talking about a pandemic and considering we're talking about borders being closed, we're talking about the fact that Trump recently announced that, you know, there would be a closing um, of, well, there would basically be blocking of any flights coming from Um, the UK and anybody trying to actually get through obviously would be turned back it just makes me feel how was Leon Edwards supposed to get back once he got into the States and that's why when he actually put out his statement basically saying look his family is at the forefront of the reason why he does this so why should they be at the back of why he does this when considering whether to take this fight or not plus to actually fly from london when the fight is actually taking place in what unknown location a, next weekend yeah also that was unknown never location. ever gonna Remember, fly this
4: is to be announced these are all things subject to change so he yeah. has to buy a you know a last minute ticket and not just for himself his whole team so there's there's
1: I'm sure the UFC would have actually sorted that. But I suppose the key thing for me is just the last minute um, upheaval. But not only that, not considering what um, Leon wanted to do, giving him kind of a fait accompli. This is what's happening. This is what you're doing. And I'm glad he pushed back and he pushed back heavily and he said, no, I mean, no First and foremost,
4: there is a pandemic. So I'm sure he doesn't want to risk not being able to get back to his family if he's done with this fight and he decides to travel to the uh, to the US for the to be determined location that he doesn't know about yet. And also that also puts him at risk also Mm. to. You know, contract the virus, unnecessary traveling, you know what I mean? And being around unnecessary folks at these last... This is not the time to make these last-minute changes when there's a disease out there, a virus out there that is hurting many people. And these fighters, I'm sure, don't want to bring it back to their families. And also there's the complications of the travel bans. He might be stuck in the U.S. And he's not... And he's just like the main event. So I think there's like a lot of, you know, media attention being, you know given to Leon, but you have to realize there's other fighters, too, that are upset, and that would include Molly McCann. She has a very um, heartfelt IG post about Mm -hmm. how the UFC is not telling her anything, and she has no idea what's going on. And for a company that needs these, these fighters, for their company basically to survive, you need these people to fight. Why aren't they being treated better? They're not getting paid if you cancel the fight, and then you don't even have the decency to let them know, in, 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 the, I wouldn't say a timely fashion because this is, you know, exigent circumstances, but do a better job of communicating with them. And Michael, I think the reason why they didn't even think of Leon is because Woodley is somebody that is a draw. And if they could just get another welterweight to be like, I'll fight him, well, scrap Leon anyway. We'll do it in the U.S. and keep the fight going and still make money. So when they made this decision, I hate to break Mm. it to you, they didn't think of Leon. They weren't like, how do we get him in the U.S. and back? They said, if he takes it, And he flies down here and he can't get back. That's on him. But if he denies it, we still got Woodley in the States. We just find someone else. That's the thinking and the rationale behind it.
1: And that's just it. That's what the galling thing for me was. In the past, you know, Dana White has been very vocal, been very, very vocal about other organizations being Bush League. But here he is acting in a Bush League cavalier manner. But not only that. This is coming fresh off the back of the exemplar, the example By that several, set the bar yes, out and there. And several other organizations of Scott Coker. you've
4: mentioned KSW, yes. Scott Coker of Bellator. There's plenty One of other or- There you go. And they started the um, you know, no audience type of um event way before the scare, which yeah. is indicative to me that they care and that they need to keep this under control and once they realize that the numbers are going up, KSW and ev- most other organizations Canceled the fights and paid their fighters. Like, that's what you do because this is a public scare. Yeah. These fighters can literally bring this back to their families. And, and I don't mean to sound dramatic or they can bring it back to us, public. They can bring this shit back to the public. And, you know, when we get to Karis' segment, we're going to even talk about that a li- an even more because he, he said some awesome things as well, Mike.
1: Which I suppose is a timely way in which to segue into... Kyrus is corner.
2: Hello, hello, hello. How are you all doing? I have missed you so much. I'm charged with talking about how the UFC has handled this whole coronavirus situation. And I know a lot of you guys don't want to hear about it because you hear about it every single day. And it's important, though, that we talk about current events. Mixed martial arts shouldn't just be talked about the sport itself there are things that are greater than sports greater than ourselves and i think it's important to talk about those things and i'm charged with talking about how the ufc handled it at first glimpse i thought that they were doing a terrible job i was like if the nba is shutting down if the ncaa is shutting down if naia if all these other organizations um the nfl mlb whatever they're shutting down the ufc should definitely do that but upon second review i think that they have the facilities and the things that they're willing to do to allow these athletes to compete is second to none they didn't allow spectators which helps but they also only allowed quote unquote essential personnel into their events also i think that the ufc has a bunch of facilities at their disposal to continue to put on these events i'll give you an example they keep advertising the apex facility and i think that it's kind of ironic that everyone was crying and saying that it wasn't necessary that the ufcpi wasn't necessary and lo and behold we have a crisis that proves that it is necessary these athletes are not getting compensated like Bellator are where they're getting their show money and they're not having to compete. They have to compete to get this show money and they have to win to get the win bonus. And I think that the UFC allows themselves to be in a position to do things that other organizations cannot because they have the facilities and the faculties to support it. I think that because our sport is one on one when it comes to competing, that helps as well because it's not a whole long list of 11 players rotating in and out, touching the same objects and you know what i'm saying i think in that situation in that instance we don't have to worry about mass contamination because of the nature of our sport because it is one-on-one in competition but i think the problem lies though when they're training and practicing and and um working with their team that is a huge cycle of contamination you have hundreds of people inside of a gym some gyms can have thousands depending on like what the day like att i bet you they have thousands of fighters who cycle in and out of that gym depending on the day so i think that's dangerous though i think surface level if they are testing these athletes before they compete during fight week and up until the fight i think it's perfectly fine but i think that you're you're encouraging a dangerous environment though for everybody else who has to train with these athletes and help them work out and prepare for these fights though i think that the ufc should just shut it down a lot of gyms around the world are shutting down right now uh fortis may shut down i believe att is shut down so it's just like just give it a rest i know everybody wants to see tony versus habib very badly and we love that fight so much But I feel like these are the type of people who would rather have a cake and it be spoiled just for the sake of having a cake. Like if it means we lose Tony and Habib for months upon end because they are infected with Corona or however long it takes for them to be cured of it, just so that they can fight for um, a title one time in front of us. I think that that's just I don't know. I think it's foolish. I think that everybody seriously needs to take into consideration that, sure. The death toll isn't as high in comparison to the flu yearly. But at the same time, why, have to, why do we have to wait for our backs to be against the wall to start doing something? We should start doing stuff. Preventative measures are the most important thing. And I'm, guys, I'm trying so hard not to curse. I'm trying to keep it calm. I'm trying to keep myself poised. So that's why I'm stumbling over these words. But I'm trying to prove to you guys that I can get it done and I absolutely will get it done. Anyway, though, I think that the UFC needs to just shut it down there's no gold star gold medal award that you're going to get for continuing to run your promotion while everybody else is stopping theirs it doesn't prove that we're better it doesn't prove that we have the facilities to do stuff it just means that we're foolish in a sense because it appears like we don't care about our athletes like I said I think that they are doing a good job for what they accomplished this past weekend with UFC Brasilia but I just I think that's where you need to stop I think you need to stop, shut it down, because the sooner you shut it down, the sooner everybody's on the same level playing field and we can get through this. But as as long as we have people who are outliers who refuse to take the necessary steps to ensure everybody else's health and safety, everybody else is going to be exposed. I think those are the people who are going into Walmart, CVS, all these uh, places and buying up all the hand sanitized, buying up all the soap, buying up the toilet paper, buying up all this other stuff. You guys realize that just because you're healthy doesn't ensure the healthy of everybody else. And you taking resources away from everybody else is actually making it much harder for us to get through this. So, you know, do what thou wilt. though. I'm not here to tell you what you should and shouldn't do. I'm just saying, from my perspective, I think the UFC is being a little irresponsible with how they're handling this. And fact of the matter is their athletes are independent contractors, and they aren't really willing to pay these fighters for their show money if they don't compete and show up. So I think it's just one of those things where something has to give. And I think the UFC needs to just become not become. I think the UFC needs to make a choice. Simple and plain. In fact, if you can hear it, I'm in the car getting ready to head home like I am leaving the state. I'm fleeing the state. And I suggest you all take the necessary steps and precautions to be safe, too. Y'all be blessed. Have a great week.
4: So, Mike, I think that me, you and Carol share something in common for once when it comes to this segment. We all really we all really like the initial. UFC Brazil, your response. We all were happy with the audience, less crowd. We mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But as time went on, and, and as you listen to Karis, you realize, hey, this is getting kind of shady. Like you're not going to pay these guys, and you're trying any which way to get these, you know, fights still going on. And then Kairos made a good point. Why do you think these top gyms are shutting down? Even my regular rinky-dink gym, <laughs> which is not a martial arts gym, has <laughs> shut down. <laughs> Eight like like Cairo said. I believe he's mentioned um, American top team has shut down. Mm-hmm. World-renowned training facilities are shutting down. Why? Because there are men and women in there exchanging bodily fluids as they grapple, fight, and train. Yes. And the same goes on when you have these type of fights with an audience or not. You are going to spread the virus. That is why you are seeing these cancellations. So it looks really bad that the UFC is not taking you know, is going to great lengths to control this. I don't mean to bash the U.S.C. because I could say a million and one good things about them as well. But in this very moment, Mike, I'm with Kairos. I don't agree with their response right now. Not at all.
1: And not only that, you see, it goes back to a point which I started on early on in the show. And that was our government's premise that they want, I wouldn't say they want, but they predict that 60 percent of the population they would actually um be infected by the virus now the fact of the matter is this they know that's the case because they are actually trying to or they were up until um 200 scientists came out and said you have got to be kidding here they were enacting uh, a policy as it were of herd immunity and that is We won't stop people from freely moving about. We won't stop people from self-isolating. We want people to be as free in their movement as possible because 60% of people actually um, contracting this will enable the herd, as it were, to actually off that. have some kind of immunity. Because once you've actually got the virus, the thinking was from Mm. the advice that they've been given was that you'd build up an immunity to it. 200 scientists came came out and said, are you crazy? The fact of the matter is, I know this is a little bit of an extreme example and an an extreme comparison, but you may recall, it was, you know, in the annals of history now, but the Tuskegee experiment, where over... 500 black men and women were actually infected with syphilis. Now, I'm not saying they are purposely going out there hoping and aiming for people to actually get this, but it smacks of experimentation, which the Tuskegee experiment was. Now, this seems like the same kind of approach. We want 60% of the public to actually um, uh, see if they can build up an immunity from this, That, to me, is an experiment. That is not what you do with people's lives. You don't experiment with life and death. And that's what, you know, this government was actually advocating. Yeah.
4: Well, it kind of feels that way with the UFC. They're kind of rolling the dice with their response to, you know, a coronavirus and, and insisting. On putting shows. Mm -hmm. I mean, while you were speaking, I did another quick Google search. and, And as of right now, Dana White is still pushing that agenda that he is going to find a way to put these fights on. And I think the best part about this is the whole to be announced and also who's available for this Saturday to fight just to put a card on. I think that's nuts. Like, I don't know. I just... Hopefully, you know, everything dies down. I do think everything is going to get worse before it gets better. So I think everybody needs to buckle up and follow their own safety procedures. But as MMA fans... I will admit that I was quite happy with the initial response. I thought maybe yes. from now on, fight because I saw people even complaining, like, I don't want to watch Tony and Khabib without fans. Just shut your ass up and just watch what they give you. That's That was me. I felt like old black parents. Shut your ass up and just take what they give you. God damn it. We've been waiting for this five years. Sit shut your, your ass, ass up. Yeah, like, sit your ass down and shut up. Better than nothing. And that even annoyed me. You know what I mean? And then, like... Mm and take it from me the hardcore purist I was thrilled like okay no doubt we'll do the Apex Center you know what I'm saying we'll get to hear all the shit talking it'll be quiet and weird and I was happy but then as the numbers went up as as I watch in my own city people walking around with makeshift hazmat suits the fear in people's eyes you know you yeah. cough once on the train people want to jump you you know what i mean and mm. then and then scientifically and also statistically when you go online the numbers are doubling every day and the elderly yes. are succumbing to this i just read an article that the first infant was co- has contracted this disease and also, too, here's a scary thing, Mike. We don't know much about coronavirus. So why don't we nip it in mm. the butt before it mutates and gets stronger? And that the way it gets stronger is that it, it keeps spreading to people and comes across even different types of body types and, and creates like super corona or some shit. So why don't we get this under control instead of having to have fights because we're such super fans? I can put my selfishness to the side and honestly say, cancel the fights if that's going to keep my beloved fighters and my public safety, you know, if it's going to keep me safe and the fighters safe. We
1: can cancel the fights, y'all. You know something? I I learned something about myself over the last seven days and a a bit, and my thirst and my hunger for fights gives me the romanticized notion that the fighters also want to fight no having spoken to a lot of them behind the scenes as I you know was doing a little bit of detective work as to you know mm-hmm. what fights were actually going to be flown over and which flights or which fights weren't and it kind of like quickly transpired that no one was being actually uh, offered uh, an overseas um transportation apart from you know the main event but what i i i suddenly um was alarmed by was this notion that i held that look fighters fight that is why they are so eager and so um, active and so uh, vocal about this actually continuing whether it be in front of a crowd or not i thought it was down to the fact that you know they have a voracious appetite to fight no they have a voracious appetite to provide for their families. If they do not fight they do not get paid. That is why there was this hunger. That is why there was this push. That is why there was this appetite for things to actually proceed as normal. If you pay the fighters properly and look after them in the event that the, uh, um, the actual fights don't take place, then you don't get people actually putting themselves, their lives and their loved, one, loved ones in jeopardy. The reason why they were so eager, because that
4: yeah. Yeah, is don't understand their, their wage. That. And then you have people online are like, then that's why you should let the fighters fight, because they need to get paid. And if you were a real fan, you would support that. No, I actually support the organization being able to pay them, even if the fight gets canceled, because these are exigent circumstances. Yes. And there's this is something out of everyone's control. And if other organizations like Bellator can do it, I don't understand why UFC, who makes way more money than Bellator and is the primary league for MMA and probably <clears throat> makes the most money, can't can't pay those fighters if there are cancellations. And why wouldn't you want to for public concern and fighter safety? I don't get it.
1: Exactly. And that's why I was saying I learned something about myself. I have to say, it was kind of like underlined, rammed home and actually solidified in Leon uh, Edwards' statement. I have to say he now is more powerful than you know you could possibly imagine. I'll tell you why. Because he pushed back on the UFC and said, no, I'm not going <laughs> to dance to your tune. This is bumberclattery. At the end of the day, my safety, my family's safety and my um, role yes. as a provider needs to be safeguarded. It will not be safeguarded if I fly halfway around the world, not knowing if I can get back, not knowing when I'll be back and not knowing if I will be safe.
6: Or if yes.
4: I catch the disease some. Yeah. Or if I catch it someplace where coronavirus exactly. is spreading even faster than my hometown. Why mm. would I go into enemy territory with a virus? That's like me going to Iran right now. Imagine if I was like, yeah, I just booked a flight to Iran. That has one of the most cases in Corona. That makes no sense for UFC to say to fighters globally or in places where corona is not that high yet for them to say come on down to the USA where corona's just popping like what, what's wrong with you Dana like it's it's a horrible cycle i feel like they need to unionize so badly because it's it's interesting how dana doesn't pay them so a lot of them want to fight so he uses that as in hey look they still want to fight yeah cuz you don't pay them well That's
1: And And that's that's just it. It's not just you and I saying this. It isn't. This isn't coming from a place, first of all, of malice. This is reflected in what people are saying day in, day out. The fighters are screaming to be paid and to be paid correctly. And not only that, to have like their health safeguarded so they don't have to put their health in danger. Now, the thing is this. I think that we've spoken quite a lot. I think it's really high time we hear from fans who have also reflected on what we've been talking about first up here's james james here in response to the question that was posted i personally think that sports organizations that have cancelled all games and are not allowing spectators to come and watch the matches shows tremendous respect for the fans because without the fans the teams and the games are nothing however when you put that in context with Uh, Dana White who doesn't want to postpone the UFC. To me that shows that he views people as walking money bags rather than doing the respectful thing and the only thing that should be done which is to completely postpone those until the threat of COVID-19 is passed.
4: I like what you had to say James. Go ahead now. Yeah, and that's. I think he brings up a good point, Mike. We didn't discuss the other sports outside of MMA that have completely canceled them. What is it, the NHL, the MLB, the NBA um what about you do you keep up with soccer is soccer canceled
1: you see or uh, football all, all, as all, you could say <laughs> all of those organizations are reflected again over here because in terms of sporting organizations as i mentioned you know the, the london marathon which is a massive event has actually been canceled uh mm-hmm. rugby league um i think it's the four nations the six nations i don't really follow rugby that 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 closely i don't right, follow it right. at all so Um, Rugby has been cancelled. Football has been cancelled, not soccer. It's called football has been (laughs) cancelled. And I think James makes a really good point. The fact is those games have been cancelled and people have been applauding that because it's out of step with what the prime minister actually put forward and put um, on the table in terms of these outdoor events and these large scale events Um, should continue there's no reason um, for them to be curtailed and for them to actually be stopped and I like the fact that all of these organizations came out and said no of paramount importance is the health and safety of the fans so why isn't the UFC in step with other professional organizations we clamor all the time, as I mentioned, for them to be professional, we clamor for them to have legitimacy, we clamor for them to have mainstream acceptance. This is yet another reason why they will not be accepted by the mainstream.
4: Yeah, I mean, we look a little barbaric right now being like the only sporting organization that's willing to risk it all. It's And it's again, strange.
1: again, James cuts to the crux of what seems to be the matter. I have to say seems to be the matter because you never know. Let's just put this out there. Dana White may actually come around and explain his methodology, his thinking. But on well, he, the face he, of it, what it looks like right now is, as James has actually said, profit over people.
4: Yeah, that's the theme of the, of the show. We agree with you, James. It is profit over public safety and over the safety of his own employees and fighters. I agree.
0: Okay. Next up, let's go. To the listeners again What's going on you bunch of fucking casuals Well UFC basically is over At least it ended better than it started That's for sure uh, My question for you guys Is uh, What do you do with no sports on you know, Hopefully we get some more UFC events But I find that really hard to believe To be honest But uh, What do you do with no other sports on at all i know uh i go crazy watching the flight pass non-stop or old the zone ones too bellator ones stuff like that boxing i'm just curious whatever else does that's my question for you all keep up the great work you guys really love the podcast it's always 420 pigs
1: i'd say i love jim i love the fact that you know he loves the podcast and thank you for the big ups, thank you for the shout out and uh, thank you for the praise. Um, In terms of what I'm planning to do, um, I think that we are here for the long haul in terms of um, there being a hiatus of mixed martial arts. Um, I think we're slowly going to get into a situation where there is going to be more and more behind closed doors. But in the initial hiatus, I'm going to be finishing off... The um, Quitters Never uh, Quitters never Win, uh, Michael Bisping book. I've been trying for ages to actually, you know, get some time, knuckle down and actually read that. And I keep getting interrupted by UFC, Bellator <laughs> and all others. <laughs> so this is a real opportune time to finish what at the moment is a riveting read. But just for want of time, I've not actually had a chance to do it. How about yourself?
4: I, I'm with Jim. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. Cause it's like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I would just keep it real. Like Saturdays are devoted to MMA. And when UFC mm. is not on, I jump on fight pass and I watch something, you know, glory or, or I go to bed. You know what I mean? Like I am MMA thick and thin. So, um, I'm with Jim. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Um, my quarantine begins Tuesday. I go to the office at least once a week. So I am going to be spending mm. a lot of time social distancing myself. And it's mandatory. My job doesn't want us at work anyway. So, Jim, I'll probably be on Fight Pass, Netflix and chill type of stuff. And um, hopefully partaking in some Always 420 like you. I don't know. I'm going to be bored out of my mind. But, you know, I think we'll adjust, Jim, and we'll survive. And we will appreciate MMA even more when this is all over with.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Can I recommend, you know, you could actually fill your time by catching up with Watchmen. I'm oh, yes. Care. That is just so you. Yes. I'm You gon- would love it. And
4: I just got my Fire Stick and HBO. I'm good to watch. Boom. Brother, thank you. I'm going to need some quarantine time because I am a student. So I am going to do like my schoolwork because we've gone to remote. But that ain't mean I'm going to be studying this whole time up in here with no MMA. So Watchmen might be on. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. And thank you, Jim, for getting Michael to remember that because I wrote it down. and I'm going to watch it.
1: Okay, next up is Steve Barron.
6: I think Dana is an idiot. I don't believe for one minute that fighting is more important than what's going on in the world. If he wants to move UFC London and it's not UFC London, I think his ego needs to settle down a bit Really, postpone the fights, get over this virus, then continue afterwards. It's simple as that.
1: I'm not so sure whether it's an ego. I can can see where Stephen's coming from. And um, not that I agree that Dana is an idiot. I think he's a very smart guy. Dana is in place, basically, to make money for the UFC. And, you know, let's just pause for a second here damn, he is doing his job and he's doing his job to a T. So from that regard, you know, I, I have to say, I see where Stevens coming from. But I wouldn't say Dane is an idiot. I, if anything, he's a very, very clever and calculating and, um, uh, well, true yeah, businessman.
4: Um, but Mike, I would say this, that... Um, Ego is probably involved now Because you know how Dana is though Like once the critics get a hold of him He goes even harder So once he hears people clamoring for him to stop events And people criticizing his decision He's going to go even harder So maybe ego isn't a factor yet in his decisions But I think I know Dana well enough from watching this sport is that once you start criticizing him, he gets uglier and uglier. He did it with Brendan Laughlin, like when we, we clowned him for not picking him. He, he felt he got even more robust, even more, you know, um, stubborn with his decision. And I think if we keep criticizing him and media keeps having something to say, it'll, it, he'll continue. His ego will, will get involved.
1: Next up is Natraj Kaviorani. I hope I've said that right and not butchered your name. Hey,
7: G. Hey, Michael. Um, With the UFC still continuing to conduct events, uh, despite the whole coronavirus pandemic, uh, I think it's a mixed... I have have mixed feelings. Like, on one hand, I understand why people don't want it to happen, because you're basically increasing the possibility of people catching coronavirus. Proximity is never a good thing. But on the other hand, the fact that most fighters are young and the survival rate is quite high and the biggest uh, the the two demographics that are suffering are really old people and really sick people and everybody gets their medical; they have to get their medicals done beforehand, or before the fights, I can see an argument why they should do, plus Dana is such a capitalist, like this is the perfect time for them to keep going and keep showing events because this will help visibility so much because there's literally nothing else to see, so it's quite interesting so yeah Let me know what you guys think.
4: Excellent comment and and take on this. However, I do disagree with you. It's just, you know, assuming that these fighters are just healthy and they're young and they'll survive it. Why risk it? For example, um, Ray Borg has a child with a compromised immune system, I'm sure, with all the medical problems I see with Ray Borg and and, and the plight that he has. And um, let's just say he was fighting and he caught the contracted the virus which also shows that you can have it with no symptoms you know what I mean everybody's body is, is um, responding to it differently so that incubation period you might not even know it so long story short Ray fights he gets um, coronavirus from his opponent but guess what Ray is healthy But he goes home to his unhealthy child. He spreads it. The child gives it to his mother and then her grandmother. That's the problem with things like this is that it doesn't matter if you're healthy and you get it. You can spread it to someone that is not healthy. And that's what we're seeing every day. That's why those numbers are rising. You know, that's why people can self-quarantine without going to the hospital. But some of the folks who have the immune system to beat it are spreading it to those that cannot. And it is very reckless of the UFC to kind of roll the dice with their fighters and and with public safety. So I don't agree with you, Nitraj, but I think what you are is a true fan. And you're just trying to find reason, like how we were in the beginning, Mike, when we were like, yeah, no fans at the fight. Excellent answer. But as things progress... You gotta come to your senses and put your love for MMA to the side and be like, We gotta protect ourselves and the fighters. So that's one of the things
1: which I hadn't considered before, which I think is a really good point made by Natraj that, you know Mm -hmm. do you remember I was talking about, you know, what is actually driving Dana? It may just be the fact that as Natraj points out, there is nothing else in the sporting sphere to look at. Imagine how many eyes now will be on the UFC as a brand and as a product. And basically exalting this to the position of must-see TV because it's the only game in town. I can see where he's coming from with that. And that may also be a consideration. All of this, obviously, is speculation. But that does actually put a, a different Well, different perspective on things as well.
4: I find this, I find that people that don't watch Mm. MMA it's easier for them to get into it rather than for me to get into baseball out of nowhere. And I think you do make a good point. I think if you cancel out all the other sports, you are going to have people like my brother, like, fuck it. I'll watch a UFC fight. You know what I mean? Like you'll have sports lovers come to this sport and be like, I'll watch two guys beat the shit out of each other because hockey's not on, you know? So that could be a reason why Dana's doing this. But when it comes down to it, the reason why he's doing this and the UFC is okay with this type of behavior is because of monetary yeah. gain. It's just, it's pure profit. No matter how you spin it, it's profit. Because let's say he does get more viewership because all the other sports are canceled and that is the angle. That will result in monetary gain and profit. So it doesn't really matter. You know, like he just wants to mm-hmm. make money. But I think eventually, I don't think he's going to be able to do it. I think he's going to hit a a wall with every I think when the Nevada Athletic Commission comes back on March 25th and things don't get better they'll cancel MMA in Las Vegas and Nevada even longer so I think he's going to hit quite a few walls especially if this continues to get worse
1: next up Darren the dentist Stewart one of the well one of the premium fighters um I have to say it's great to have his input and um well let's go to Darren
0: yeah, fed up, man. Uh, down the dentist here, just yeah, I'm just fed up, man. Don't know what's going on. Um, trained so hard for this fight, and uh, you know, I need to get paid. And I'm um, And it's off now, and the O2, they might try and relocate it, but then Trump saying, you know, like no one can't fly from the UK, so I don't know what's going on. I'm just here, um, stressing, really. Got two kids, quit my job, and um. I need money, I need to fight regardless, but um, everything's in God's hands, uh, I've got to stay positive, thank you to everyone that's been supporting me all the way through, and uh, hopefully something better comes out of this, that's pretty much man, I, I know how much as you lot, so just got to sit and wait, once again apologies guys, and hope I get to fight soon. Take care. So there you have it. Peace. I mean,
1: I mean, I don't want to play on puns here, but straight from the horse's mouth, there. I mean, Darren, the dentist Stuart saying he needs to fight, and there is that will, there is that that that, that hunger to fight because I mean, you heard in the yeah, background, the little baby kids are, are 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 there, and that is his focus. How are these children going to eat? Because these are my wages that basically is slipping through my fingers because this fight now has been moved and it's not certain whether he's going to be moving with that fight card. Now, don't get me wrong, this is still in a transitory phase. Darren could well be scooped up in the next 24 hours and actually put on that flight. But as of now, as you can hear, the stress, he used the word himself, the stress that is going through that man, I can well see exactly why he wants to fight
4: I do too, and it breaks my heart to hear a UFC fighter say to say, "I quit my job because of this, I dedicated my life to this and then you heard his little baby in the background, so it 's true to f- it 's yeah. true to facts that he wants to work and he wants to fight, but my concern is this: I understand how he feels. Why isn't the UFC going to pay him his show money if if the fight is canceled? These fighters need their pay. And also, I'm concerned, too, that Dana will use this narrative the same way the dumbass fans are online. Well, you shouldn't want these fights canceled. You should be like Dana because they need to fight. Yes, Darren and them need to fight, but you're missing the bigger picture. Darren and them and Miley McCann and everyone else that might get canceled because of this fight, they should get their show money.
1: That's it. You know something? You know something? This is a very, very fluid situation. We've got to give Dana, you know, some benefit of doubt here. His priority at the moment is saving this card. But also, in the background, you don't know what's actually transpiring. You don't know what's actually happening. It may be that the fighters will get possibly their show money. It may be that they get their show and win money. Everybody gets their show and win money, even though they didn't actually show, even though they didn't actually win. I have to keep emphasising the fact that these are the emerging issues right right now, which we're actually looking at. It may be that they certainly change. And I really hope, you know, from a a standard setting point of view, that, you know, this is something that Dana does address and the fighters do get paid. So you don't have, you know, people like Darren LaDenture Stewart who actually quit his job now in a situation... Thinking, how is he going to look after his family? Right, because he
4: basically needs a paycheck. I know I can't survive off of one paycheck. They don't get paid like us every two weeks or every week. They need their money. They need that large lump sum of money they get from fighting. They got to pay their their bills and then they got to pay their fighting bills, I'm sure, for trainers and Mm. whatnot. So they need their money. And that's why, you know, you're right, Mike. Like, I don't want to beat... Dana down this whole damn episode because what I'm doing is just taking the information that I have in front of me and right now. And because Mm. this virus is just... every every day it's something new with this virus either the numbers double or things change and more things get canceled so you just never know if the if Dana does provide them with some type of compensation and i'm keeping my fingers crossed and praying that he does because i want to be a part of an organization that is a bit more professional and looks out for their contract workers you know like i want Dana to take care of the fighters and i want to be a part of that i want to be like i i'm a fan of the ufc go dana you know i want to be that corny fan i don't want him to take this horrible route that I see so forth, you know
1: and And I'm glad you raise that, you know. I feel as though I'm part of the UFC when I'm promoting fights, when I'm talking about fights, when I'm writing about fights, when I'm creating mini documentaries to exalt the fighters, when I'm there taking on um, UFC Fight Week, uh, takes interviews, actually doing, you know, for certain organisations, behind-the-scenes documentaries. You know, I do feel as though I'm part of the organisation to that extent. I want to be proud. I want to be able to look people in the eye and say, I cover this sport exactly. and it's called, you know, mixed martial and the arts president, and the UFC is at the epitome of this right. sport and this is what they did in the circumstances which arose around the coronavirus. And this is my now,
4: spokesperson, Dana White. Like, you don't want some, exactly. you know, mischievous, cunning promoter. You want to say, this is the guy that runs it, yada, yada, yada. And that's what I really hope he does pay them at some
1: point next up here's jade morris i have to say i've got a lot of time for jade she is a um well-known face on the scene in terms of uk mixed martial arts and um let's hear what she's got to say
6: so it's such a shame but unfortunately due to the coronavirus the usc have now confirmed usc london won't go ahead in the uk but will be relocated to the us so They're working so hard to ensure the show goes on and they're looking to fill the card now. So they're reaching out to, you know, fighters, coaches to try and refill this card. Obviously, you know, safety always comes first. But of course, you have to feel for the fighters who were on this card and they'll no longer be able to, you know, compete. This is also due to the travel restrictions and visas as the travel ban from the UK to the US is set to take place from 4 a.m. on Monday. So, yeah, these guys, they just work so hard. So, you know, I'm hoping that the fights can be rescheduled at a later date because it was such an incredible fight card for the UK fans. And hopefully we will get to see them all fight in the future. Hey,
4: Mike, my question is for you being that you're, you know, In the UK, and you were getting ready for a wonderful card that looks to be cancelled. How are the fans handling this at the moment?
1: Like I say, um, a lot of the fans, the feedback that I got through that poll was very, very telling. They look at Dana as a hero. He's a hero without a cape because he's trying to salvage this card. So on the one hand, you and I are here... um, almost um, forensically going through exactly what's transpiring and what's actually going on in his head when he basically is non-communicative when he is basically looking at against all odds trying to put this on in the face of what is essentially a pandemic but you have fans who are applauding him for his efforts so the feedback i'm getting um by and large and like i say that has actually been answered that particular poll that i put out via my twitter which is mike woe tv if you wanted to see the actual poll by and large 49 percent of those people are actually overly positive about the fact that you know Dana is championing their need to actually see fights, but I've also heard the flip side, and that is a lot of people. I mean, you've heard some of them today. You've heard some of them in this, uh, you know, in in the woke cast that aren't actually looking at this from the fans' point of view, being championed. They're looking at it from the point of view of the UFC's need for finance and need to actually make money being championed now as i say overwhelmingly though just to answer your question in short you know Mm -hmm. with me it's never going to be a short answer but overwhelmingly people have looked at dana white's efforts as heroism
4: it's just such an unfortunate state of event like it's just, this is just so unfortunate, mm. and it happens so quickly and overnight. That's the part that gets me. It's like, this is just, day by day, things are changing so quickly. I mean, it's not even just affecting MMA. You know what I mean? It's affecting my personal life, mm. how how I move in the city. Should I wear gloves on the train? Should I wear goggles? It's just, it's it's so unfortunate that we live in a time like this, and we have to go through this, but... I really, really hope the fighters get compensated. And I feel bad for all the U.K. fans, Mike. I mean, me and you were talking about this, too. You know, like, I was happy for you guys to have such a bomb-ass card in the U.K. Yeah. That's why I asked. I wanted to know what people were thinking, you know, like fans, not fighters. You know, like, how do you guys feel? And it's so sad. Because that was a really awesome card, Hmm. too.
1: Next up, Justin Carter.
2: Hey, guys. I am a big fan of your podcast. But I just wanted to know. Who are some fighters that do not have goat status that you think should in each division? And also, do you think Kevin Lee is pretty much where Charles Oliveira used to be? Super young, super talented, but hasn't quite put his whole game together and is kind of stuck in between divisions.
1: Thanks. I think his point about excuse me, Charles Oliveira, and being stuck between two divisions. It's a very, very pertinent one. You raised it earlier on in the show. I think he's right. I mean, it's very, very reminiscent of that scenario. And also, I mean, in terms of GOAT status, you know, (laughs) I know this is going to be very unpopular with you, um, but I really do look at Conor McGregor as being one of the greatest of all time. Oh, my God! (laughs) One of the greatest of all
4: time. What?! Thank God I wasn't drinking something or like, oh my, I think my temperature let me, went let me, up. Let me
1: just disqualify um, that. Remember, we're looking at somebody who's changed the game. Remember, we're looking at whenever this person fights, he puts bums on seats, but not only that breaks pay-per-view records, but also we're looking at the, you know, someone who's actually, you know, achieved two-weight division championship status and transcended the sport of mixed martial arts and went into boxing. I think... Michael, you know, I feel he really does qualify for, you know, that accolade. Mm -hmm.
4: Mm, I don't agree because um, I think there's a difference between the between being the most entertaining, commercialized fighter versus, you know, someone that he I can't even talk. I'm so flabbergasted by this. Let me start over. Um. Okay, what am I trying to say? This is what I'm Mm -hmm. trying to say. He's never defended any of those belts. Anybody that is a GOAT to me has a horrendous... Um, winning streak, like Khabib, yeah. GSP, those are my GOATs, because what you did was clear out a whole damn division, and you beat up everybody you put in front of you, and that would include Anderson Silva, GSP. Mm. I think Khabib is well on his way to being a GOAT. If he continues with smashing people the way that he does, and he retires undefeated and continues to perform the way in which he does, I consider I will consider Khabib a GOAT. I don't consider Conor McGregor a GOAT, because he did not defend his titles. Um, he doesn't have like a win streak that really has me you know like astounded or anything like that, and I guess maybe the purist in me believes that a goat status is someone that can't be beaten, and Connor is someone that can so be beaten and he's never defended, which leads me to believe he's never been a real champion because you're only a champion when you defend your belt, and that's when you know you're the real champ, and he hasn't done that, but I do think he's done a lot for the sport, but as far as the martial arts as far as the, the fighter. Mm-hmm no Conor McGregor is not the GOAT and I also don't have like a GOAT status justice excuse me just just what is his name Justin I called him just did I call him Justine I'm so sorry hon Um, Justin I do not have GOAT status in every um, division and like I said I'm very particular about my GOATs you have to win you know a lot of fights and Amanda Nunes is up there too as well you know
1: okay but uh um, well, no goats we're, we're for me we're gonna have to save Go this ahead. back and forth until another time because next up is marcel well, yeah
5: i mean it's just a completely effed up situation right now it's it's horrible for the fighters who uh invested in their camps uh who can't fight right now uh the UFC would be good if they just cancel the event in it's all pay the fighters their show money at least and uh just rebook them when when this when this Corona uh, virus is over. You know, um, I understand that uh, other fighters like the veterans and uh, uh, fighters talented who are not in the UFC are trying trying this opportunity to get into the UFC. But I don't know if it's healthy. If it's a good thing to do, the UFC should make a statement and say, "Listen, we're postponing our events uh, as far as possible, as far as needing right now." You know, and. Um, yeah, what, what what else can we say about this? It's just a horrible situation for the fighter, for the camps, for the gyms. And uh, let's hope this uh, this virus will be taken control of.
7: Everybody that should soon. actually
1: look up Marcel Dorf on Twitter. He's a really good follower. Always, always breaking new fight news matchups. He's my go-to guy when I uh, search through my timeline for who's actually either been signed or what matches Hopefully. have been, yes, been made up. Yes, fight announcements. At and, and and you're right. He, well, he's right that this whole scenario is um, basically, obviously, not ideal, and it is really really rough for the fighters. Totally agree with him. I mean, really, it, it is what it, well, it, it. we are where we are, but I think we discussed this earlier. It could be a lot more simpler if. You know, Dana White was actually taking the initiative, being a standard bearer and actually, you know, being transparent with the fighters. Look, this is the situation. I think that would quell how this situation has been um, dealt with if there was that transparency. But as we sit here right now, there are still fighters out there who are questioning whether they are um going to first of all get paid but secondly um the way in which it actually unfolded for them that this fight or this fight card wasn't actually taking place
4: and i think it's um shout out to marcel i love your love your page and shout out to him for not being mad at me for stealing his fight announcements and spreading them like they're my own um (laughs) love his page and he's always a delight and it's so polite when you go back and forth with him um What's it called? I think Marcel made a good point, though. He brought up statements. And I do know that the at one point, Dana White even brought up Trump and said he was being guided by the Trump administration, which is just I don't know. I just didn't really feel good about that one when he made that statement. You know, I don't. Yeah, I don't really have a lot of faith in that administration. So for data to be guided by Trump kind of was scary to me. Um, He said, I talked to the president and the vice president about this, and they're taking this very serious. So even the comment he did say just didn't really fill me with much hope. They're saying, be cautious, be careful, but live your life and stop panicking. That I mean, is that really what y'all talked about and that that was enough for you to just keep going forward with these fights because they said, oh, don't worry about it things. You know, we're working on it. That's not enough for me. And it just it seemed very Trump esque that that type of response, you know, and that made me uncomfortable. And I do agree with Marcel that some type of honest and genuine statement should be made. Sell us on Mm. why you want to put their lives at risk and our lives at risk as the public. Sell it to us at least instead of just being like the show goes on. It must go on.
1: So next up.
6: It's Chica. Hi, this is Chica with Unknown MMA. Uh, So regarding the Tyron Woodley-Leon Edwards fight, I completely agree with Leon's decision not to come to the United States with the impending travel ban. We already had an idea that the fight was going to be affected in some way, but the UFC has been dragging their feet. To leave this decision to the fighters is dangerous and irresponsible in itself. It's disappointing how the situation is being handled by the biggest organization in our sport. Bellator has shown that fighters can be both protected and paid. They shouldn't have to fight for their livelihood in a literal pandemic. Funds can be allocated for employee safety, but they're just not. I hope changes are made for the sake of the fighters. I don't really care about fans entertainment right now. Health and safety should be first.
1: I just want to reinforce one point that we need to get a clear distinction here. We need to get a clear distinction here. I don't think we're talking about like for like, but I loved and keep reinforcing the point that I do believe Bellator were the standard bearers here because when it came to the fight which was cancelled, after these fighters had been weighed in, (coughs) excuse me, after they'd weighed in, they got paid. Fact is, um, can I just play devil's advocate just for a second? Those who were on the UFC London fight card haven't actually weighed in, haven't actually done any media obligations, haven't actually gone through the motions of um the fight lead up fight week um weigh ins so contractually i don't know how that would actually pan out but i just still feel they do deserve to be paid and paid in full
4: oh 100% i totally agree and i think if like Chica said, if there were funds allocated for, you know, emergency or exigent circumstances such as this, because nobody saw this coming. If, if you would have told me, Mike, oh, in yeah. 2020, there's going to be some killer virus that's like the flu, but worse and mm. goes after your lungs. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. What the hell are you talking about No, You know what I mean? Like, I didn't think that I thought maybe more political corruption. Trump would do something stupid. I didn't see a virus coming. But I would think that a major organization such as the UFC does have funds allocated to pay fighters in case of disasters or things that occur outside of their control. And I agree with Chico. Where are those funds? And why can Bellator do it and the UFC can't? And I'm going to just make an assumption here. I think the UFC probably makes more money than Bellator. So why can the—I the, the, don't want to call Bellator the Bush League, but I'm going to use slang. Why is the league second— or sometimes called the Bush League doing the right thing and the and the company that makes more money yeah. than that. Like, it's just, it doesn't make sense.
1: You know, I think Chica, I'm not sure if this was where she was going with funds allocated. But think about it. In the lead up to um, UFC London, there would be a cost breakdown in terms of what is this event going to actually right. cost us? Staff salary would be included, as would the um, contractors. Who um, the uh, what? What is the term that they use for the fighters? It's contractors, right? I believe so. Yeah. So these external contractors would have been factored into the budget. So then the money does exist. So why not give it to the fighters?
4: Exactly.
1: We're not talking about compensation money. We're not talking about insurance right. money. We're talking for about the money set aside for these contractors independent contractors is the word i'm scrambling for uh, independent contractors would have been factored into the budget so pay the independent contractors from the budget that you've allocated next so to yeah, that yeah but
4: so but what is the ufc doing trying to save a buck mike like what <laughs> what what is this
1: <clears throat> again you have to keep emphasizing things may change whence Um, Dana's attention actually turns when things get worse from saving the card to actually you know ensuring that the fighters get sorted and let's not let's also forget that this is the same man who where there have been uh, locker room bonuses handed out he's been at the forefront of spearheading that actual initiative so you know let's give him his due I I think that there does beat a heart uh, within that body so You know, let's not speak too soon. This is only what? Um, We're not even um, in past day one of what has actually been decided now, and that is, you know, the card is going to be moved. We've only just, this is an emerging and fluid situation. So, you know, let's give him his due. Let's give him time to do the right thing. You know, do what his priority is, and then move on to what should be done, and that is the right thing. Yeah, let's
4: give him the benefit of the doubt.
1: Moving on, a, a familiar name. John Hustler, uh
5: from Woe TV. Hi guys, John Hustler, contributor from Woe TV. The the whole London card should have been cancelled days ago. Everyone in the MMA community um in the UK knew this was coming. It's not been fair to the fighters, it's not been fair to the fans, not been fair to those involved with the O2. Um it's it's been farcical, really, and it like I say, it should have been cancelled days ago. The, the fact that they're talking about relocating to the us it just beggars belief no european-based fighters would make that trip um all fighters on the card before it was cancelled or you know, talk of being rescheduled should be paid much like bellator you know anyone that's booked for the fight should be paid simple as that um yeah thanks
1: i think john you know again just reinforced one of the points which I touched on um, when talking about Chica and Chica's example, where she says, you know, um, if funds have been allocated um, or they should have been allocated, they should be paid. And John's point being that, you know, if they are booked, they should be paid. So doubling down on what I said with Chica, I totally agree with um, John and him backing up Chica's point. Oh,
4: yeah. I think like most of these are questions, comments and call-ins are people that feel the same way we do that at some point they should be compensated for something and like you said Mike let's give Dana the benefit of the doubt and let's hope he does the right thing. However, my question for you. Mm. What so the person that wants these fights to continue regardless of the coronavirus, regardless of the spread of it cuz I did kind of get into like a Twitter battle with, with battle with uh Gerald Harris earlier he says that this is no different right. this is no different from the common flu the flu kills more mm. people than this i don't understand why everybody's kind of freaking out he didn't say that but that was kind of like his attitude so we were kind of trying to educate him on why we think that you should you know engage in social distancing and he wasn't really having it do you think his attitude is kind of why some fans are on board for the fighters to continue fighting like what type of person or fan wants the fights to continue.
1: To be fair, I think there's a lot of misinformation, disinformation out there on the coronavirus. There's this notion that it only affects the elderly and it only has the likeness of flu. It's three times more contagious and basically we've never had a pandemic where people aren't taking it as it is and it's a killer. Now the way that I look at it is no disrespect to Gerald Harris and no disrespect to anybody who follows that viewpoint. But it's ever so slightly misinformed. And I feel that's why there may be this notion that, you know, let's just shrug it off and uh, have the, the, the Trump approach that we'll get through this and we'll get this through this mm-hmm. quite soon. No, the experts are saying quite the opposite. The experts are saying we should be hunkering down, bunkering down for the long haul. And I think, you know, again, just to reinforce what I just said just a while ago, it's down to misinformation. I
4: agree. And I think um, that folks, when it comes to misinformation or no information, I think it's up to ourselves to seek the information. And that's what the argument was about on Twitter this morning. It's so funny with Gerald Mm -hmm. Harris is that he even got me motivated to google and search things he brought up africa and i'm like i don't know much about africa let me do my own you know quick search so that i can engage with him and, yeah. and also maybe he's also has a good point i'm not here to just argue with people on twitter if you can prove me wrong or if you have some facts, you know, I'll listen and, and be a critical thinker. I'm not here to just put up a wall and be like, no, I feel my way. So but yeah. I do think I, I implore everybody to just start Googling. Hit the C D C start reading about it. Google the word pandemic. If you haven't done these things, you sound and look quite silly online calling it a flu. And also to call yeah. something the flu, we don't have <clears throat> enough information on coronavirus yet to compare it to the flu. This is new, maybe just a couple of weeks. So you You can't say that it's not as dangerous or is more dangerous than the flu. You just cannot. You have to go with what the scientists have provided and seek the information. But to compare it to the flu when we don't know much about coronavirus is ill-advised. It's illogical. We know about the flu already, but we're still learning about the coronavirus, so you can't compare death tolls yet when we're still accumulating death tolls from the coronavirus. Of course, the flu kills more people than the coronavirus. It's just begun. (laughs) So why are we taking numbers before the race ends? I don't get it. And I just don't quite Mm. understand fans that are not taking this serious. Oh, you know, kind of like Winatra said, they're healthy, they'll survive. I don't want the flu. I'm healthy, too. You think I want this shit, Michael? I don't, even though I'm, you know, even though I might have issues because I have asthma, but let's say I was 100% healthy and maybe even 20 years younger, I would survive it even better, but I don't want it. So there's nothing wrong with people, you know, getting food and just want to lay up in the house because they simply don't want to catch something similar to the flu that is more dangerous. So. I don't know. It's very discouraging to see like the lackadaisy attitudes online with this, especially when you live in it, you see schools closing, you see your own government and governor tripping, you know, and then you have people online like it's not a big deal. Nobody died in Africa. That's not what's going on in New York, my friend. So, you know, to discuss just Africa and to to just compare it to the flu, I think is quite dangerous. And I don't suggest anybody else to get into that and to also seek the information before you go online and spread misinformation.
1: You're absolutely right. I mean, to arm yourself with um, the facts basically will dispel a lot of the rubbish, which, you know, is, a, is actually being propagated online. Yes, and I see a lot p- of it. Put people in check who are, you know, um, a danger to us all when they're... Basically belittling the fact that you know this is effectively a killer, yeah, and it's a global killer. Let's give it its proper due and and give it, yeah, the 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 respect it deserves. Right, exactly.
4: And people need to also realize: look into what the virus does. It attacks your lungs. The flu does Mm. not attack your lungs. You can get pneumonia. Yes. But I'm telling you, the coronavirus is far more aggressive, and it attacks the lungs, and that is not good. That is painful, and it will shut down your breathing. Hello, is lungs is how you breathe. This is why this is such. A, why people are having horrible responses to this to this um, strain. It's attacking a specific organ, your lungs. It's killing people. So don't take it lightly. Exactly. Even if you're young, do you want to mm. battle a strain? of a f- flu-like symptoms that are even more aggressive. So what's your 20 and you're healthy? You want to be sick for that long with an aggressive disease? Keep your butt at home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, just before we wrap up this episode, I have to say this whole approach of getting the fans and getting the voices that we're hearing on Twitter involved in this show, I think I've touched on it briefly before, but I just wanted to big you up again. The reason why we're doing this is because of That's the angle that you brought to this show in that we need to hear the voices of those people who are out there on Twitter who are very, very opinionated, who are very, very um, clued up and who are, you know, wanting to have um, their say. And this is definitely going to be and continue to be the platform on which uh, we hope to engage people. So thank you again for bringing that um, aspect to the woke us.
4: You're welcome, Mike. And just to piggyback off what you said, I would like to bring more. I noticed today in this episode there was a lot of people that agreed with us. I implore people that don't agree with us, that don't like my takes, or that want to debate us and don't agree with you know certain topics that we discuss, call in. Be polite, but call in and record 100%. a message so that we mm. can get both yes. perspectives. I don't want to show where we just all agree. That's not the point of MMA Twitter. And, and, and interacting with people across the world for me and this podcast. I also want the naysayers. I want the people to challenge me and to get me to think. So give me other perspectives besides my own. So if you'd like to challenge me or Mike, call in. Do it as well.
1: There you go. You know, usually I sign off each and every episode with Make Some Trouble. I just want to say for perhaps the next week or two weeks, don't make yeah, any trouble. Yeah, wash your hands. Look in on your yeah. neighbor. Wash your hands. Make sure that, you know, you're looking out for others as well as yourself. Be careful.